Now, there were some speed bumps along the way. Nope, no doubt about that. But Penn State has had the best offseason imaginable. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before this season. Bet Online, where the game starts. And a first time on the show, it's a privilege to be joined by Jason Lord, who is a co host of mine at what was formerly ESPN Radio State College. So uh, you've been in the radio business now for 15 years, covering Penn State football, Penn State sports in general. And then you and I were co hosts on some talk shows and did some coverage for Penn State football these past couple of seasons. And uh, it's great to welcome you on as a guest here, Jason. Uh, it's great. Thanks for having me. Always, always a pleasure to do stuff with you, Zach. It's great to be here. Yeah, we're going to talk plenty, uh, mainly just kind of big picture ideas, right? Whenever I, I bring a guest on, it's I want this perspective uh, about the big picture stuff. And we're going to start with the offseason, and then we'll get into the wide receivers, the running backs, quarterback Drew Aller, all of that throughout this episode. Uh, so let's start in the present, the offseason. Uh, the transfer portal has come and gone. It will open up again after spring football here because that's going to allow people a window if they don't win the spring battles to to jump out, Jason. Uh, but for, first things first here, in your opinion, how did the offseason go? I think the offseason's gone very well for Penn State so far, not only because of the portal, but because of the guys that stayed. I think that was huge. Curtis Jacobs staying, Olu prior to that staying, and you have Adisa Isaac staying. I, it, all of these guys coming back, even you know, add Keaton Ellis to that list that you know could have walked away, could have uh, foregone their eligibility, but they came back, which I thought was big. And now you have you have not only have depth at linebacker with Jacobs coming back, but you also have proven success now at that position, which you didn't really have last year. And obviously, Olu anchors an offensive line that was much improved last year. Last year, it's hard saying last year already when it's only been a couple of weeks, but really just right. a, a lot better at, at the at the positions that were question marks really entering last year. So off season has been pretty good for them. It started out a little slow in the transfer portal, but I think it's picked up pretty well, and they've gotten a lot of needs. Yeah, the the transfer portal has been, and that's that's why we need to bring up wide receiver again because uh, Taylor Stubblefield just got fired. Yeah. Uh, not everybody sold on, on Bobby Ingram, but uh, just wide wide receiver now. If, forget let's let's table Taylor Stubblefield and Bobby Ingram that debate for for later on in this show. Uh, but at, at wide receiver now, and and of course Jaden Dotton just entered the transfer portal. But because of getting Dante Cephas. And now Malik McLean through the transfer portal, I, I feel so much better uh, about this yeah. wide receiver group for this upcoming season, honestly, than I did this past season. Yeah, I, I feel a lot better right now. I don't know if I felt better than what I felt last season, just because I knew Parker Washington was coming back and I knew you had Tinsley was a guy in the portal that you felt good about because you felt like he was that home run threat that maybe wasn't really last year. I thought he had a great bowl game really to finish his Penn State career. But I, I do feel pretty good now about the wide receiver position. I didn't feel good whatsoever when, when Parker Washington announced he was leaving and then Tinsley didn't stay for his uh, mm -hmm. last year of eligibility. So I was a little worried. But now 
yeah, the last couple of days, I think things have picked up. They got the real big one they needed in Cephas. I think he's going to probably start almost immediately. Yeah. Not going to be here, though, in the uh, spring, which could hurt a little bit. But you know, who knows? I, I think at this point, you probably could pick things up a lot quicker, especially with his experience at the college level. So I think that was a big pickup. And obviously, you have McLean. And then you have guys that had some good games last year, but you're just looking for that consistency. I think Lambert Smith's a guy that comes to mind right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Keandre Lambert Smith coming back. Um, he's he, he's the one that stepped up in the final two games. When I when I look yeah. at a team that is getting ready to kind of segue into something better, and particularly in the NFL, uh, you look for guys that have those big games towards the end of the season when they get more yeah. opportunities. Okay, Keandre Lambert Smith, I think would have had more opportunities throughout the year, but he was injured. He was banged up. He wasn't one hundred percent. Then he worked his tail off to get back there on the football field. And then he instantaneously became Sean Clifford's favorite target in the final two games they played senior day and and then the Rose Bowl. So that tells me everything I need to know as far as what he's capable of with a new quarterback in Drew Aller. Um, I I think McLean can start McLean. As far as I'm concerned, I want to get this nailed down before I, I really, but He's in, he's in the system. He, he's enrolled yeah. as a student. I, there's no doubt in my mind that he's not going to be on campus and that he's not going to get with the team and go through spring practices and be in the blue and white game come April. And uh, honestly, what, what me, excites me about the wide receiver core is the fact that they have what seems to be a surefire big body target. Uh, all those receivers yeah. were six foot, uh, six one, not nobody that Sean Clifford could say, all right, go box out the cornerback, go box out the safety and, and, and go win a jump ball, right? Go get the rebound. And yeah. now you finally have that in the red zone. I guess you could use that for the tight ends, uh, that argument. Yeah. Cause that's what I did. I said, move Theo Johnson. Theo Johnson's not a natural outside threat. He, you want to use him over the middle. So I think McLean's going to start at the Z and I think he's going to be one of Drew Aller's yeah. favorite targets right out of the gate, especially if he gets in with the spring ball. Yeah, I think he is going to be a guy that potentially can start. I think the, the starter, starters are still probably up in the air a little bit, but that's why I brought up the enrollment with Cephas. I think the early enrollment now is a big factor in college football, and yeah. it's been that way even prior to you know when NIL came into play. I think early enrollment really the last decade or so has been something that's very big with, with – college football it's a big reason why the high school football all-star games aren't what they once were big 33 games mm-hmm. not even on the radar anymore and used to be the super bowl of, of high school football so i think that's a, a big reason and i think you, you make a good point with mclean being the early enrollee that's going to help him he's going to learn a lot more you know even when he's not on the football field he's learning a lot more as a student athlete as a whole he's enrolled here he's you know getting used to the campus, getting used to the surroundings, and obviously you can get used to your teammates without being on the field too. So I think that's huge. I think he does probably good chance he starts, good chance Cephas starts, Lambert Smith. Yeah, bad Trey Wallace, I think, in there as well. But uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, it really comes spring, come blue-white game. Wide receiver is going to be one position that uh, you're going to be looking for in that game or in that scrimmage practice, whatever you want to call it nowadays. Yeah, I don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the big, big 10 network has a lot of fun uh, covering yeah. it and getting a play by play announcer for that. Um, so Jason Lord joining me on locked on Nittany lines, special guest for today's show. And where do you project them for 2023? I'm talking rankings. I'm talking uh, in the big I... 10 standings. I have them as a college football playoff contender. I think it's going to come down to Penn state and Michigan in November. That's really what 
I have circled because I think every other game on the schedule is winnable, including out in Columbus. Yeah, I think every game is winnable. That first game can be a little bit of a challenge to see where they are. West, West Virginia is not the team they once were, but for them, that's going to be their Super Bowl. They used to play Penn State in the early 90s. Well, 92, 93, I think it was the last time they played them. But mm-hmm. yeah, they had a little bit of a, of a history with, with Penn State. So the folks in Morgantown definitely are going to be looking at that game as uh, really their Super Bowl. But I, I think this team, the sky's the limits, the old cliche, but I think that's absolutely true. You know, Drew Aller is going to be a major factor to see where this team goes. We've seen a small sample of them. And I think uh, we saw enough to know that there's a ton of potential there. And if he can really hit the ground running right from the get-go, I think this team can be a playoff team. Uh, This team can very well uh, win every game on their schedule. I'm not going to say they are, but they're going to be challenged in a few spots. I think you're going to have that first road game against Illinois to see really uh, where they are. But you talk about Columbus. I think obviously that environment – I don't rate the horseshoe in the top two or three in terms of hostile environments of college football. Mm-hmm. I think Happy Valley is a lot more hostile than than uh, yeah. Columbus, especially in whiteout conditions. But uh, I think to me that's going to be his true test because he's in that environment, probably under the lights maybe too. You know, who knows? Mm-hmm. But I think that's the spot. Also, Michigan, you can't underestimate them, assuming Jim Harbaugh's true to his word and does stay. Yeah, they have a lot coming back uh, without a doubt. A he did a great job. Great job last year. I thought they lost a ton on defense. Yeah, they've got some issues right now. Obviously, offensive coordinator on leave. Who knows what's Mm -hmm. going on there? But I still think as a whole, uh, Michigan's going to be a tough team. But I put Penn State right up there. Uh, The challenge is going to be the same challenge we've had for the last decade now. Can they beat one of those two key teams? I think that's a huge factor. He's Jason Lord, special guest on this edition of Locked on Nittany Lines. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. We're going to take a break here, but when we come back, we're going to address all of the concerns because we've talked a lot of positives in the first segment because I think Penn State had a hell of an offseason. But what could hold this team back? Jason and I will discuss also replacements for Taylor Stubblefield. Bobby Ingram, uh, somebody who gave his blood, sweat, and tears to Penn State and had an incredible career at Penn State, then had a good career in the NFL, coached in the NFL for seven years, is apparently a controversial figure to have as the wide receivers coach. We'll discuss that. Andrew Aller now is getting some concerns uh, in the offseason. Sometimes I don't think parts of this Penn State fan base can be happy. It is locked on Nittany Lines and a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by bet online betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college and professional basketball we've got it all at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at betonline as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts Jason, we got a lot of uh, topics to tackle here. Again, Jason Lurd, formerly ESPN Radio State College, has been doing uh, radio coverage for Penn State football now for 15 years, covering high school football as well. Uh, we did broadcast together, co-hosted coverage uh, up in State College for this pa- past couple of years. So it's great to have you on the show, Jason. Uh, now, what do you believe 
could hold this Penn State football team back because there's there's a lot of great. You have the five-star quarterback who got the seasoning, right? He came in, he played the games. Nobody else was making a conscious effort to do that, basically grooming him to be the starter. Uh, James Franklin compared it to the Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers situation when he was in Green Bay. Uh, so he would know that very well since he was the wide receivers coach there. And then you have the two outstanding running backs who could both contend for the Heisman. You just got upgrades in the transfer portal at wide receiver. You got two quality tight ends back. I say 99% of the offensive line because Hunter Norzad was a Mm -hmm. co-starter. You didn't get Juice Scruggs back, but basically Norzad was a starter in some capacity. So all of them are back four and a half out of five, if you will. Uh, The defense got Curtis Jacobs back at Disa Isaac, who I thought were the key pieces. That's what assured me when those two guys recommitted to Penn state and said they were going to play at least one more year. That's when I knew this team could have college football playoff and big 10 championship aspirations. But in your mind, what could ultimately hold this team back from achieving those goals? Well, I think you mentioned it, the transfer portal. You just never know how those guys are going to pan out, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, it, they're, for every Arnold Ebicady, there is other guys who end up transferring somewhere else in a year. So you, you never know what, the, what they're going to bring. And if those receivers can't bring that production, that's mm-hmm. a concern. Yeah, wide receiver will be a concern. Who's going to be the wide receiver coach? Yeah, we'll talk about that, obviously. You know, mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to happen there? So. That's something that, though, on paper looks pretty good right now, looks a lot better than it did 48 hours ago. It's, it's still something, I think, that, that can hold them back. That's one concern. Aside from that, I think this team really, maybe a little bit of depth interior line defensively, but other than that, I think this team is as ready as they've been in an offseason since probably about 2008, 2009. I think when you look back at the the Paterno days, with you know, obviously Daryl Clark was being that second year starter, and um, yeah, I thought they looked real good. And obviously, twenty sixteen to twenty seventeen, same thing. But yeah. I, I think for me, uh, this team really is as uh, very ready to go. And uh, the concern for me is just the depth right now at a couple positions. But yeah, you know, what can they get out of wide receiver? We'll find that out. I think a a little bit more as the season goes on. But other than that, I, I, this team at key positions, aside from the depth, I think looks real good. I think that's very fair to say. If I'm going to go anywhere, it's running back because Kevon Lee makes this, uh, at least muddies the waters a little bit. Um, you go from Kevon Lee, who was kind of a co-starter in 2020 alongside of Noah Kane and has been with the program for three years. And then, you lose that, and it's it's no offense to Tank Smith. I, I think he's a quality back. He was really good in high school, but there there's a big difference between Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen and then Tank Smith. If one of those guys, and I don't want to speak it into existence, but I know it's if it's coming across my mind and if it's coming across everybody else's, Penn State's thinking about it too. I, I just find it really interesting. If you knew that Kevon Lee was going to go in the portal, why didn't you try to get a John Lovett type of player? Some people might remember that name. He came in, had the grad, had the grad season. Because look, I even suggested that for quarterback. I think Drew Aller's young. Bo Perbula's young. Jackson Smolik is fresh out of high school. You, your combined experience there is two seasons between those three kids, Ohio State and Michigan. Basically, picked up one of those journeymen. I compared it. I called it the Brian Hoyer. Uh, of quarterbacks if you like a guy that you bring in to to back up the young guy in case he can't go a week 
and that's the case here. And everyone's saying this is a great move by Ohio State because if Kyle McCord or Devin Brown aren't ready, this guy can compete and at least push them to be better. And I just didn't know if that existed in college football because it's not it's not the same as signing a one or two year deal in the pros. It's and I I feel like they needed that at quarterback and running back, just that veteran who was there for maybe a graduate degree and knew that okay I have another life after football, but I can come here and at least improve the depth. I just don't I just don't know why that wasn't achieved. I would agree more so at quarterback. I think they could have used maybe a more experienced quarterback in, in the portal. Running back, I think you have enough. You don't have a lot of experience there, but I think in terms of numbers, uh, you're still pretty good there. You, you still have Tank Smith. You still have Hosworth. You still have Davis. You still have uh, yeah. London Montgomery is going to probably redshirt because of the injury too, yeah. uh, because of the torn ACL that he's still coming off of. But I, And you still have, uh, you have Wallace there, Cameron Wallace. So I think you have uh, – plenty of numbers at the running back position quarterback. I think they might've maybe been able to use that third string experience guy that could help uh, maybe be that assistant coach to an extent on the sidelines, maybe too. But I, I think at, at running back there, could they have used somebody maybe, but I think numbers wise, they're just so good right now. And they were prepared for Lee to leave. Yeah. He was really noncommittal after the Rose bowl mm -hmm. about whether or not he was going to come back. So I kind of felt like we had a good idea that he probably wasn't going to come back, but uh, I, I agree with you in quarterback, but yeah, the, I think at running back, the numbers right now are, are pretty high there. I don't think you necessarily really needed to go out and get somebody. It's just, I, I know the numbers are there. Uh, Montgomery's not going to be available. How college ready is Cam Wallace going to be? Uh, I've, yeah. I've, actually, I've actually heard rave reviews about Emil Davis. I'm glad you name dropped Davis uh, because he's just a freak athlete. Um it's just, but there is kind of a, I guess, a little bit of a speed difference from where he was at high school to, to now division one college. And, and that's what happens there. I, I think that you can have some question marks about the, the wide receivers that come in RC because Mitchell Tinsley didn't pan out the way that we would, yeah. we thought he would, uh, is Cephas going to be able to pick up that mantle? A am I putting too much stock into Malik McLean? Because I was all in on Devin Carter. I devoted a, a significant chunk of an episode to him and whoop, he, he was gone. Yeah. Uh, let's, Let's flip it over. Actually, I think this is the I, this is the place where I want to start this conversation with you because I'm not concerned about the defense. You get year two under Manny Diaz. Yeah. All those guys know the system. I think the secondary is going to be even better because now guys like Zach Key Wheatley and Jalen Reed get into the fold, and they uh, Jalen Reed's a big hitter, and Zach Key Wheatley is just a ball hawk. He's going to lead the team in interceptions. He'll play center field. He is a good football player uh, and then you have Kalen King and Storm Duck and Johnny Dixon are all going to play lockdown uh, you have three starters essentially at those two boundary corner spots um, interior defensive line is a concern for some people but I love Zane Depth Durant wise. I, I, I love Zane Durant you get Elise back who could have left you get Akeem Beeman back who could have left so I'm actually not all that concerned uh, I'll tell you where I am concerned special teams I, I, I'm not going to lie uh, they, yeah. they, lose, they lose Jake Penninger they uh, they lose Chris Stoll, and I don't think people understand how important a, a six-year long snapper is. Uh, you also have question marks at punter because why would you go out and get somebody like a Riley Thompson? It's yeah. no disrespect to him, uh, but I thought uh, I thought that Alex Paquetta was supposed to be the guy that he was training with Blake Gilligan. He was supposed to be the next up and coming. So why go get a punter? If you already have your quote unquote five star punter, if you will, uh, air quotes, five star punter, because uh, they're graded differently. 
but I, and same thing with kickers, Sanders Sahadek, uh, good enough is Gabe Wose, uh, Gabe Wose, who's going to punt. But uh, again, is he going to be capable enough to maybe take over that role as the starting punter? So I'm actually really concerned about special teams. I, I have a little bit of concern. Uh, Pinnaker is not a guy to me that's going to be a high class NFL kicker, you know, not a Sebastian Janikowski that you're going to, you know, blow a second round pick on or Mike Nugent, same thing. But what he is, is somebody that you, you relied on a little bit, I think, to an extent. Yes, he missed some kicks he should have made. There's no doubt about that. But you had that reliability and, and a little bit of consistency in him towards the end of the year. Yes, again, he missed kicks he should have made. It, every kicker does that. But I think you had that veteran part of him there and he had a, really somebody you can you know, rely on you don't have that now as a kicker and a punter you get a good punter in the mm -hmm. portal which i think was huge but uh yeah I, I do have some concerns with special teams too and we know how much james franklin really preaches that you know, all three phases of the game and that's mm -hmm. uh, i think that's huge with uh, what this team brings to the table I'm not concerned about kick and punt return i think they're they're fine there with yeah. that, without a doubt but in terms of yeah kicker and punter uh, we'll see I'd, I'd agree with you i do have a little bit of concern there because you go from jake penninger veteran you go yeah. from barney amore veteran you go from crystal yeah. veteran guys who have been in the program i know riley thompson and alex falcons he's another guy that transferred in uh, but thompson and falcons are only going to be with the program for six months at this point in time, right? Uh, you don't have those yeah, years and years of Penn State experience. Uh, and then again, on top of that, why are these guys coming in if you don't feel reassured about who was behind Amor and Pinnaker? Yeah, that's exactly right. I think that's that's my biggest point with Pinnaker is, yeah, yeah he wasn't uh, Adam Venetieri by any means, but what he was was that veteran that you look at and say, here's what I have and here's what I know what I have. Now you don't know what you have, really. You have the unknown. Could that be good? Could that be bad? Who knows? We'll find out. But that's why it's a concern. You don't know enough about it just yet. This is Locked on Nittany Lions. He is special guest Jason Lord, a former co-host on ESPN Radio State College. I'm your host of Locked on Nittany Lions, Zach Seiko. Step aside for just a moment and then finally get to the debate around Taylor Stubblefield's replacement. Jason, I know you have some other candidates in mind, but you and I are both sold on Bobby Ingram. I'm all in on Bobby Ingram. Let's just uh, get that out there, but we'll debate that in our final segment. Plus, apparently Drew Allard, like I said, controversy around the five-star quarterback that everybody wanted to push on to the field and bench Sean Clifford, a six-year senior who in the moment did happen to be better suited to start than an 18-year-old Drew Allard. No disrespect. But today's episode of Locked on Nittany Lions is sponsored by Built. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We've got just what you're looking for after the holidays, because I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier and you don't want to compromise the taste, the man, Built's got just the thing for you. Try the Built Bars with Built healthy is actually tasty seriously they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you it's the perfect new year's resolution and what makes built bars so good well for starters they're covered in 100 real chocolate that is right real chocolate and they come in unbelievably tasty flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and coconut almond i'm not sure how built doesn't but these bars taste like candy and while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, which you still can do, but now you can get them at your local Walmart 
or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, just run right in, grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. It is Locked On Nittany Lions special guest, Jason Lord, joining me on the show. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. The wide receiver coach is open. I mean, at the time of the posting of this episode, maybe we see a bunch of things change. But Jason, how, how strange did you find it that Taylor Stubblefield was let go and Penn State gets two <laughs> commitments at wide receiver? I, I find that really strange. I found it a little strange, but um, I, you go back to – and I don't want to fully misquote James Franklin, but I think towards the end of the year, he said, we're going to maintain all or most of our assistant coaches. I think there was a hint there that probably somebody was going to be uh, out. And yeah, Taylor Stubblefield, uh, he, he lost a lot of guys, not only trying to get them in the portal, but you lost a lot of guys to the portal too, which is uh, initially. So I think that was the concern. And uh, I was a little surprised by it. I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure that, uh, you know, he was going to be here or not, but uh, it is pretty ironic that you get two guys that quickly when, when Taylor Stubblefield goes, look, uh, you know, we're not inside that locker room. We're not yeah, inside on the practice field very often. So uh, I don't think, yeah, I, I have no idea, you know, what kind of distraction he caused or what his weaknesses were really, but uh, two guys coming in after he is fired, I think is definitely something that'll raise an eyebrow. Yeah, I think three parts ways, I guess you have to say. Well, parts, uh, he was fired uh, because I yeah. think it said he has been relieved of his duties effectively. Yeah. Immediately. This wasn't, uh, and I think Taylor Stubblefield will land on his feet. I think one day he wants to get back yeah. to Purdue. That's where he played football. Uh, but obviously I wish him well, no, no ill will here, but it, I just find it so, uh, it's crazy to me that one minute you get the notice about Taylor Stubblefield in the news and then 30 minutes later, if that, uh, Dante Cephas is like, hey, I'm all in on Penn yeah. State. Uh, so with that being said, Taylor Stubblefield's gone. There's no wide receivers coach currently, and I'm all in on Bobby Ingram. I, I think that that now that Wisconsin has gone from Paul Christ to uh, Luke Fickle from Cincinnati and Bobby Ingram's a little bit displaced after being the offensive coordinator. He had a great career at Penn state. He had a good career in the NFL and I'm sitting here reading the comments on this channel, Jason. And, and I love everybody's feedback because I want to have these conversations but to not bring a lifetime Penn Stater back into the fold to get him where he's comfortable and say, well, he doesn't have the resume. I, I, you played, you, were, you had a great college career, you had a good, solid NFL career, and then you coached for seven years with one team. The Baltimore Ravens had him as the wide receivers coach oh, yeah. and then the tight ends coach for seven years. And then he coached at Pitt, Pitt, whatever. Uh, that doesn't count. Uh, he coached at Pitt for two years, coached guys like Tyler Boyd. And then he was the OC at Wisconsin for one season and Wisconsin pulled the plug. So uh, I'm all in on Bobby Ingram. I know you are too. Are there any other candidates yeah. that should be considered? Because I think it's Bobby Ingram's position unless he doesn't want it. Well, he coached at Pitt. That doubled the spring game attendance at Pitt for that day. So that's it. But uh, no, I, I think Ingram, obviously, I disagree with the he, has, he doesn't match the resume. I think he has a good resume. Uh, and obviously, he's a legend at Penn State. That probably, I would make the argument one of the top three receivers of all time. Who else? Chris Beatty from the Chargers, if you can get him, I think would be one that I, I would maybe. Uh, 
kick the tires on. I think Calvin Lowry's name is going to come up a little bit just because uh, it just brought him on board. Uh, he has experience being a receivers coach, but mm-hmm. if you bring him on board two weeks ago, do you want to promote him that quick? I, I, I don't know, but they did it with Ty I, I think they, they did it. it. They did. Yes. Yeah, so that's a good point. I think those are the two that come to mind right away. I think if you can get the you know, BD obviously is a guy that you talk about pit, he's got pit ties too, but uh, mm. I, I think him or Lowry would come to mind uh, pretty quickly. If, if you're not looking at Bobby Ingram, but Ingram to me, I, I think a lot of people sometimes, if a guy is fired, whether he was deserved to be fired or not, he was just like, oh, it, it yeah, exactly. To do if he's he not didn't... retained on his staff, yeah. uh, not retained on the staff, but ultimately subsequently lost the job. But I, I think sometimes when that happens, the, there's the uncertainty that, oh, well, maybe this guy's not qualified to be a, a, in a position. I think he's qualified to be a receivers mm-hmm. coach. I don't think that's the issue at all. I think he's certainly qualified, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's much question about him. I think if you can get Bobby Ingram, it'd be a good get. It's very rare that you bring in a legend to your program and it's met with backlash. I don't think it'll met, be met with that much backlash no. as a whole uh, if, if you are able to get Ingram. But I think there's, yeah, there's a couple other guys. Lowry, same thing. He was, you know, obviously played, mm-hmm. Here's uh, you know safety. He was a good, a good safety mm-hmm. here, and it, it did a good job with the re- as receivers coach uh, with the experience he's had. So that's a good get. But uh, again, I think it's going to be interesting to see who they can get, who they can bring in, or who they have in mind. And uh, yeah, Beatty's the one guy we're talking about that that has a job right now. That is uh, with yeah. the with the Chargers, and um, I think any of those three would do, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think I think Beatty's situation, uh, it was speculation around if Brandon Staley was going to get fired. And then if that's the case, this the staff gets overhauled and then he is available. I just yeah. I, I can't go pick and say, well, Miami, Florida has this guy and, and Arkansas has this guy. Uh, that they could. We, didn't no. know, we didn't know Stubblefield was going to be in Happy Valley back in 2020. You just right. it, it's very James Franklin has so many connections that he could go uh, anywhere like same Manny Diaz. How did we know that he was going to be the defensive coordinator? Uh, after Brent Pry left. That's besides the point. Jason, we have one final topic that I want to get to, and that's about Drew Aller because now this discussion's coming up. It's, well, he doesn't have any starting experience, and that's Penn State's fault because they didn't then Sean Clifford. They should have let Drew Aller uh, get a full game's experience. And now that's the big concern. You can't, there's a portion of this fan base that you just cannot please. Uh, Drew Aller is, I have no concerns as far as starting ability. And I'm glad that other people have brought up this case as well. Trace McSorley didn't have starting experience when they brought him in. Uh, and look at that team. They went 10 and two. They went to the Rose bowl. They won a big 10 championship game. And Trace McSorley was a three-star prospect. We're talking about Drew Aller, who was a full on five-star pocket passer. And now all of a sudden there's questions about, can he lead the team for a full four quarters? Because he hasn't done it once already. Yeah. You're always going to have that question when, when somebody's never started a game. I think that's very clear. There's two people in on the team or associated with the team. They're going to take a lot of blame no matter what, or a lot of scrutiny. And that's the coach. And that's the starting quarterback. Drew Aller is now into that starting quarterback role. So uh, yeah, they address concern. I think primarily because he didn't start a game, they're not wrong there, but it's, so there is that unknown to uh, what's he going to be able to do. And 
could Penn State have played him more this year? I think they probably could have. Uh, could they have started him? No, I don't know if I'd go that far. I think it, they they handled the situation right with you know having Clifford as the starter for every game. Uh, you always do that. I used a comparison with the 49ers where they went out and gave up what three draft picks to get Trey Lance, three first round draft picks to get mm-hmm. Trey Lance and started Jimmy Garoppolo because they knew he gave him the best chance at that time to win. And Sean yeah. Clifford gave this team best chance at the time to win. So I don't mm-hmm. disagree with that, with that decision at all, but there's always going to be that uncertainty when the guy has never started a full four quarters, never played a full game, but he was in tough spots. You, you go back to week one in Purdue when Clifford got hurt for that short time there, and Aller came in for a possession there when in, in a close game. So uh, he got a lot of valuable experience, and I think that's going to carry over to this year. But, sure, there's going to be there's going to be uncertainty. I don't know if uh, you have full questions to whether or not he can lead a team, but there's, there's always going to be the uncertainty when he's not been the starting quarterback for a full season. And that goes for – anybody you have a you're in the nfl you you are a starting quarterback because of an injury for 10 games and you play great Uh, there's always the unknown there for every tom brady there's a brock osweiler so you just never know and that's i think the criticism is fair to an extent because there's unknown but not fair because oh this guy's gonna fail no that's that i don't think that's gonna happen i think there's just the uncertainty of can this guy lead a team we haven't seen it yet Thanks again for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen every day. You got to make sure to check out the brand new podcast, and that is Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to subscribe to Locked on Nittany Lions on YouTube so that you are always ready to go for the latest episodes, news, and analysis around Penn State football and men's basketball. Jason, it was a privilege. It's always a lot of fun to chat with you, and I can't wait to have you on for another episode in the very near future. Oh, thanks for having me, Zach. Absolutely. Always a pleasure getting the chance to talk Penn State football with you and talk football with you in general.